Enter New R Presents. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern, episode 31. Home Brewing Beer Plots? This episode was recorded live at twitch.tv slash lantern noir. Hello and welcome. My name is Rob, aka Lantern Noir, and I have bellied up to the bar for a beverage and banter with my amazing friend, Graybeard of Graybeard Tavern. Awesome. And I think I think I have some local color happening. So while I'm checking that, how has your week been? Woohoo. Check the color. Okay. Uh my week was pretty good. Uh we had some um we had a great, great Grognard uh Saturday night game uh with with the with the with the old guys. Um <laughs> they had kidnapped, they had basically kidnapped the a nice version of like uh like uh Jeff Bezos. Um uh and they kidnapped him to make sure that he was this uh little space mutant that they had found to make sure that she was his daughter it wasn't she wasn't just some experiment or whatnot and there to prove that he like actually loved her and stuff there was a grenade involved it it was crazy and yeah oh yeah it was like you know it's not a stream game it's just a bunch of old grognards so it uh it it doesn't have to have all the trigger warning kind of stuff and it, it was it was intense it can be a very beer and pretzels game and it can be really really big and and hardcore and uh and grenades uh, can stuff. be involved and grenades can be involved in the end it was not a real grenade it was a stun <sighs> grenade so um but um yeah no that was that was the big highlight there uh, i did um <laughs> So we did Wildermyth on Sunday. And uh, so we got to the end of the first story. There's like several, I mean, there's pretty much just procedurally generated stories forever. But the first real story of the game, uh, we got to the end. We fought our way through the BB, the the big bad evil guy. Uh, One party member standing they had pitched a poison grenade earlier. More Pack grenades. The grenades again. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, we're back. Um, and uh, they had pitched a poison grenade earlier. They had slunk into the shadows, all Assassin Creed style. They had their hand crossbow, and they fired the last shot, killed the BBGE. Oh my God, it was amazing. The, the credits started to roll for the first chapter of the book, and the game crashed. <laughs> no. <laughs> It wasn't. It wasn't Wildermyth's fault. It was Microsoft's fault. It came up with like, oh, this is your reminder later that you wanted to choose some apps and finish your setup the the new downloaded patch of the thing. And I, oh my god, I I just wanted to scream. But so. but you you caught the epic finale mm. on channel, so you can go back and highlight it. So you yeah. you have you have it. Well, so what I did was when I got through all the nightmare finding, finding out, I, cause I told everyone, I said, okay, peeps, I'll let you know how it turned out on Twitter and, and whatnot. So I went back in and where the game, 
when I loaded back in, it always asks you, you know, would you like to continue your story? And I said, yes. And it started right at the beginning of the big bad boss fight. So we get to fight the boss fight again, which is stressful and horrible, but we know what we're in for. So it's almost like a, 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 that Tom Cruise movie, Edge of World Tomorrow. of Tomorrow, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah, that's yeah, a good yeah. Good movie. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's 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 we're gonna Edge of Tomorrow. It like, no, don't go over there, JD lady. What are you thinking? You know, <laughs> protect the mystic at all cost. Um, you know. Yeah. Well, and I got caught by that because I finished Solasta today. Speaking of finishing <gasps> games, Ooh. I finished the official campaign that publishes with Solasta, the Crown of the Magister campaign. And I will not spoil the ending. I will just say, mm-hmm. I made the mistake of thinking, oh, this is the last fight. I'm going to burn all my spell slots, all my potions, <laughs> all my scrolls, all the crap I've been lugging around for, mm-hmm. 50, for 10 levels. It's mm. all going in. And then it's like, cutscene yes we beat it we're done wait wait what (laughs) really i have have, have no okay (laughs) begin the terminator music dun 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 dun, okay okay we can we can and the nice thing is they they was very forgiving because i i squeaked by that fight with like one person still like two people were standing two were dead or dying they're making death saves and you know then that that ended and then we got to the credits i'm like okay i can i can handle that that's that's a that's a good one i just i feel bad because i can think of like at the game table yeah i know if i'm planning this encounter and I know it's like, okay, uh, by the way, guys, you're you're really burning a lot of spell slots here. Mm-hmm. Are you sure you want to do that? <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to give away the whole story, but I'm just like, you know, there's still a lot that can happen in the universe. Oh, no way, man. This is the boss fight. We're done after this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I I tried. Which is actually yep. from our e- for our email section. We're going to talk about mm. that whole how to communicate with players. Mm. When when you want them to stop doing something, <laughs> all right, a very particular something. So yeah, that'll be a, a fun one to to go after. Um, but but yeah, I mean, I've got some some other updates from the week. The biggest one I'll share is I I did kill a character in Curse of oh. Strahd Sunday night. Oh, he, he died in a death trap. Oh, uh, 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 in hindsight, I probably could have given him one more deck save to get out of it. Mm-hmm. But it was too fun to kill him mm. because he had previously sworn an oath, yeah, to protect Irina, yeah, on to death. Mm. A, a revenant had come early in the game and said, "I'm yeah. here to claim the Devil Spawn before she can give comfort to yeah. Strad von Zarevich. So send her out so I can kill her and uh, be on your way." And they went, "No." He's like, "Well, no, because if she becomes a vampire, he'll have comfort. We can't let him have comfort." We need to kill her. And this guy's character said, no, no, I'll, I'll protect her. I'll make sure nothing bad happens to her. And yeah. said, do you so swear? I so swear. Do you so swear unto your death? I so swear. Do you swear beyond your death? I swear beyond my death. I'm like, well, that's not going to come back and haunt you later. <laughs> and so the, 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 the massive granite block rose off of where his crushed body was. And he yeah. picked himself up and he straightened his bowler and said, okay, mm. let's go find Irina. I have to protect her. <laughs> so he's, he's no longer a human fighter yeah. barbarian he is now a un a, now a reborn yes fighter oh. barbarian 
which I, I looked at it. I'm like, hmm, talk about power creep in D&D. Uh, there are no downsides right. to being reborn other than you've been dead. You might lose a little bit for you know your background stuff might switch out a little bit because i i wings allowed me to do that in the strad campaign i died uh i i died i died uh fighting a uh uh draco lich and uh and uh so yeah and so i you know went down with the ship and i was i did the whole uh uh, Leonardo DiCaprio seed where I was sinking into the icy water and and then she let me come back for another one shot to for vengeance's sake and I I switched my my halfling up to become an unborn so yeah I I do like that kind of thing uh, mm -hmm. like I said that's how I saved uh, my youngest daughter uh, she she had, had died in our our home campaign and. And I was like, oh, no, uh, Faye, uh, a goodly Faye, you know, the good fairy comes and says, well, if you'll take a level in Warlock and, you know, help me out and stuff, I, I, I'll save you. And so she took that. And so she was able to, you know. There, there's a lot of really clever ways to get around character death. Um, yeah. Although it does seem to be Reborn plus Ravenloft equals good times because that's that's two we've mentioned <laughs> in 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. about characters dying in a, in, the, in Ravenloft, which is my catch-all for the, the Curse of Strahd, Domain of Dread, Barovian games. Mm -hmm. um, and the solution has been, oh, well, now you're reborn. Right. Which uh, I don't know what's going to happen because I'm in the process of commissioning character art for that mm -hmm. group. And I'm, a part of me is like, well, no, now we need to make the Dagon be undeady. But then I'm also like, but that's kind of a plot twist. Like, yeah. I think the art probably shouldn't. Right. Plus, who knows? Maybe he'll get better, right? Yeah, that's 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 pretty slick too. The the whole, I I want to be a real boy, you know, and and <laughs> it, it makes for fun campaigns. The other fun part that came out of the game, uh, before we get into our week's topic, is that one of the players said, "Well, when this campaign's over, if we make new characters and start a new campaign, like every couple of months, we should do like a very special episode and take these ones back out again." Mm. and like you know maybe it happened like like before we all got into ravenloft but like sometime yeah. before but just just so i can put this character on for a night yep yeah like, that's that's a good gamer yeah yeah <laughs> well and two that was uh that was when we finished water deep i mean i mean we went to gen con and cosplay today as our as our water deep characters and stuff we we loved those characters and indoor was nice enough to to bring us back god i think we had three adventures after after the whole water deep thing had done that we had done a, a other adventures but you know we brought those characters back for you know a very special episode. a very special episode <laughs> yeah well i mean and especially they've they will have spent over a year weekly playing mm -hmm. in this campaign by the time we wrap it up yeah. if things continue on the pace they're on we'll see how fast I mean, they're in the castle now so who knows maybe maybe they'll finish it in two weeks but i don't i think we're gonna right. hit about the one year mark mm. before it's like okay you did it which i think is a pretty good campaign yeah yeah well and like we talked when we talked campaigns you know i mean most campaigns if you last six to ten sessions 
you're like, oh, we made it. We made it six to 10 sessions, you know, <laughs> yep. streaming's a little different, but like yeah. in a home campaign, you know, if you, if you make it yeah, six to 10, so like two to three months of, of playing once a week, you're, uh, you're doing pretty good. You know, and, and just to riff on that for a second, I think, I think streaming does add a layer of accountability. Because you're not just, if you say, oh, I can't play this week, you're not just saying no to the table. You're mm -hmm. saying no to the table and all of the regular attendees. And and I'm committed. I will always have a stream on a night I'm scheduled to. So even if my players are like, oh, no, we, none of us can make it. Well, I, yeah. I'll, I still got to put content up. Yeah. So I'll still do something. So I, maybe there's a little bit of that, like just that little bit extra right that's just a little more than it, like back in the old days when we really did just rely on the whole i can't let the group yeah. down and miss a session uh but it, uh back in, back in the 90s that was a thing where you know i had a friend who was like no it it should be on your calendar that this is D D day it's like a thing mm -hmm. it's just like i'm going on vacation i have to work i all that, anything else you would put on that calendar, that's what D&D is. It's a, mm -hmm. You know, and it was his thing. And I'm like, nice, good level of commitment. And I mean, I was the DM, so I, I had to be there. So <laughs> <laughs> there was no waving off. Yeah, so, exactly. okay. So you would pitch, we, we, we realized today that we didn't really mm. plan, pre-plan a topic, but mm -hmm. I think you, you stumbled on the one. You mentioned home brewing and hodgepodging. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm mm -hmm. going to let you go first with what you're thinking about is what we're going to riff on for the next oh, uh, hour, call it 40, 48 to 49 minutes. So uh, hodgepodging, uh, I, I, that's just, you know, all the other kind of little D&D things that, you know, come come with it. That's just that's a uh, that's the potpourri of D&D. Um, <laughs> but uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking about homebrew because um the the first book of of my grognard campaign is is coming to an end and uh i want to step away from it for a bit um from that game system and things and i've been i i've been wanting for years to do a mercenary company um game like a i don't know D, &D whatever we're going to use for it uh I think that see uh, so there's this is this book series from the 80s called uh, the Black Company and it's a fantasy world but it's a mercenary company in a fantasy world and it it it's dated it's very dated so anybody who's taking this as a recommendation and runs out and gets it they you know just know what you're getting into and then there's a series of uh, historical fiction novels um, uh, called Sharps Rifles, and that also has that sort of mercenary company kind of feel, but it's, you know, the British in India and, again, very dated. But I really wanted to play that. Well, how to play that and what system to use, and so that's what I've been going through. So I've been, I've been hodgepodging, pulling bits and pieces together to try to come up with a way to play that uh, online with using D&D. &D. So it's been a lot of picking and choosing and, and creating new stuff 
So for just to make that campaign happen. Yeah, and that's and and Van Gelty, welcome aboard. Um, indeed, we are homemaking your own wine and beer is is vastly impressive. Um, I briefly had a stint with trying to brew my own beer, and mm. uh, it did not take. Mostly because I just I didn't commit. I had one good batch, and then I think I failed to clean everything, and that was the end of my brewing days. So that that came and that went, and that was where that was. Mm. Um, but yeah, the, the title of the stream is, is uh, Home Brewing Plot Beer. <laughs> but it sounds like you're taking this to like a whole new level of home. You're up to home brewing mechanics and rules and yeah, and trying to make things that are not D&D fit the D&D fit, which I think it's weird because I would love to play games like, you know, something set in as, as, as much as there's some political issues with it, but things like the 19th century has some really neat tech levels and interesting expectations. Mm -hmm. I have a friend who's looking to run a game that's set. Um, it's a Regency era game. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of, uh, a lot of social deduction yeah. and social intrigue. Um, so, and it's like, well, what, what game mechanics do we use? Yeah. And D and D for all of his foibles is, is, approachable it's ubiquitous mm -hmm. and if you get enough homebrew content on D, &D beyond mm. it's automated <laughs> right that's true too <laughs> that that is true um and i <laughs> see and that's part of the thing that um because it would be more of a uh well it's still i'm still in the the making decisions but uh, there is a good supplement out there called, uh, it's basically D&D &D 5e, but it's Darkest Dungeon for 5e. And it's got, uh, you know, all sets of rules to make D&D &D very gritty and, and realistic oh. and stuff. And um, uh, like weapon quality and weapons can break. Um, um you know, you, you can run out of ammo. It, it, it really does take that. Oh God, we didn't eat, you know, and, and you're dying of thirst and you're dying of hunger. And, and it, it, like I said, it's got a lot of good gritty rules um, that I, that I've been kind of pulling from that. And then I've looked at like five or six different uh, uh, mass combat rules. So that, you know, as the com as their mercenary company grows, they're not just, you know, the dirty half dozen. It's, it's you know, it can get bigger and bigger and they can go into battles. Yeah, and they start taking command of companies and, mm -hmm. and small regiments. Yep. Uh, and stuff, so. Yeah, and that's one that, that opens up the door when you, when you talk about that idea of, of basically writing your own game mechanics. Yep. is what you're doing. Most of my homebrewing is, is geared around the fact that I'm just profoundly lazy. <laughs> and and um, Darkest Dungeons was a fun game, but it's a little tediously difficult. You know, if you're into that kind of challenge, and I remember my first roguelike, I wasn't ready for the fact that, like, I had the entire ship fail. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was the Firefly. It wasn't Firefly. It was uh, FTL. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why, why do I keep playing this game? And an hour and a half later, all my guys are dead. Like why, why? And then I started reading up online. I'm like, oh, oh, I'm I'm only supposed to play for like an hour and a half, and then my game's mm -hmm. supposed to be over. Yeah. Okay. And that 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 day comes where you you get home and you're like, oh. <laughs> but until then, yes, it's a grind, and it's it it 
it, it's just so uh, RNG based where, uh-huh. oh God, dead, bad roll, dead. Okay. Yep. Start again. Yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, that's not always my thing. Uh, but no, I'm, I'm really lazy when it comes to reading lore books. And like I cut my teeth on Dungeons and Dragons back in the day when really, if you think back to the, the basic book and you think back to the advanced Dungeons and Dragons books, 90% of them were mechanics based. Yeah. 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 And it's, um, it, there was no lore. You made it up as you went along mm-hmm. and then they started publishing books, which I never got because I didn't need them to play. I had my modules and mm-hmm. I had my rule books, so I didn't need the the World of Grey Greyhawk or the the Greyhawk Adventures book. Yep, I didn't need it because there were there weren't any adventures in it. Yeah, it was cities and gods and towns and maps and here's here's the population and the military forces and the things of yeah. every county in the world. Yeah. yeah, and and it was and you know how the elves got to be the elves and how the dwarves got to be the dwarves. And the only lore I knew well enough to say, I'm going to run a game in a set system was mm-hmm. Dragonlance, which we talked about a few weeks ago, where yeah. I'd read all the books. So I knew the lore because right, I'd read right. the the prose. Yeah. But I, I'm still not even entirely sure who Elminster is. <laughs> like, I know he's a big effing deal. I get that. Right. Um, he he slept with a bunch of people, I guess. <laughs> maybe. And maybe he's a dragon. Maybe. But... <laughs> and I appreciate the tip, by the way, that if I'm lazy, wine is better to make than beer. <laughs> I'm down with that. Down with that. Um, yeah. And so homebrew world, mm-hmm. make, making your homebrew world um, is is definitely a, a place where a lot of people, a lot of new DMs, I, I always say, if, if that's what you're happy doing, do it. If you're a new DM just starting out, I wouldn't, I, I would take a page from Dungeon World and now even D&D says it. Just make a town you know, or a, a city or, you know, a, a county <laughs> and start there and then build, leave your spaces on the map and build out as your adventures come to you. But if, if you are the kind of DM who is kind of a writer and more than a gamer or an actor or whatever, then I can see log in, get yourself a world anvil account and just start now what? Okay. In the, you know, in What's the that third age, World Anvil. I think it's called World Anvil. Yeah, and it's it, it. You know, you can put your maps in there. It's a it's a web page design kind of thing. Um, it's a it's browser based, so that you can then send the link out, and all your players can then see the lore you want them to see, and you can click boxes and make it so there's lore they can't see, and. <laughs> And that way it, it helps you organize and it's for writers and game game masters and stuff. Um, it's a good tool. It, but like I'm saying, if that's your, if that's your, your stick and you love doing that, go for it. World build home brew till, you know, cause that's all, that's all the game settings are They're You know, Greyhawk is just 
Gaiax and Friends's homebrew world for D and D. You know, Dragonlance was Hickman's, and uh, you know, uh, Weiss's homebrew world. <laughs> well, and, and the neat thing, um, the the advantage to doing the big world anvil side of things is mm-hmm. you set up if you're into that, you then set up room to to more easily get into big epic things because you've laid out the politics where it's like okay this is why this kingdom is doing this and the players can start to see oh we might end up being part of that war or we might be tasked to undermine this other thing um but i firmly agree that the best part about if you don't know a world well is start where the adventurers are define enough that they can do what they're going to do and then grow as you go plus the beauty of telling people that you have a homebrew world is that at no point can anybody say wait 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 dwarves don't do that because if they try to say that you just turn around and say well in this world they do that's your out (laughs) nobody nobody can say well i thought halflings were supposed to all be you know pickpockets well in my world they're all priests Yep. <laughs> and and the, the opposite of that is also true if you have it because you can then go to the elven player, you, you know, because you've had no or t- say there's a tiefling player and, and you're like, I don't know. I have no idea what I'm going to do with the tieflings. What are the tieflings like? Where do they come from? <laughs> and the player then gets some agency because then they tell you where it is and you go to your world 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 anvil account and go tieflings. This is what they're from and how they uh how they came about. Yeah. That kind of thing. You open so many doors when you when you approach that to protect yourself. And I think that might be part of why I've never deeply invested in a world much beyond what I needed for the published module I was running. Yeah. Because I always liked the flexibility of going, okay, the plot requires mm-hmm. this. So I'm going to put this in the world. And if everyone goes, oh, you can't put that in there. It's like, well, why not? It's my world. Right. Yeah. Now, for the game I've got coming up uh, after the my, my next Wednesday night game, not the one that's currently running, but then mm-hmm. the one that's starting on Kickstarter this week. Yeah. I might have to start using World Anvil a little bit because it's got mm. some top-level politics planned in the story arcs. Yeah. Um, where I'll just keep taking really good notes in my, my Google uh, Drive. And the thing is, too, is, uh, again, like I said, with the World Anvil, you can share what you want of it. You can keep what you want of it. You can make connections between characters, and you can browser search. So you're like... Uh, what did I call that character? Lambda Lily, Lo- you know. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. I hear you. Search your own notes. I hear you on that. So, but that's and and that can be again. It's what's fun when Jenny and I were running our um the game we co DM'd. Mm-hmm. We we world built ourselves. Mm-hmm. We designed the continent ourselves. I actually had a wonderful conversation with a geologist from mm. the University of Michigan that mm. confirmed that rivers can reverse course. Nice. I was I was having a hard time with something, and I'm like, well, what if this happened? And therefore, the reason the river does this here is its its course has been reversed, and this has happened. And I'm like, I don't know, the rivers do that. And she said, I don't know, I don't do rivers do that. 
Well, it's a <laughs> Thursday afternoon. Beep, 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 beep. Hi, uh, you're professor of geology. Yeah, I am. I, I run D&D. Can I ask you a couple of quick questions about some world building I'm doing? And the guy's like, sure. What, what, what do you need? I guess. And I said, well, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out, can rivers change course? He goes, absolutely, they can. And I got like a, a, a free 10-minute mini lecture on conditions by which rivers flip over. I happen to write my dissertation on. Had I been that lucky. But, 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 but it's one of those. Now that said, I, when I was writing, I was also trying to make sure I had enough biodiversity to maintain a closed uh, population. Right. No biologist was cool with that question. <laughs> like the, nobody wanted to give me a number of people right, I should right. put in my arc right. to be sure there was enough diversity of the population to ensure that we wouldn't have weird genetic drift. Right, right. Which could also be, this might be a little hotter of a topic than they want to just casually answer to a, a proto writer over the phone. Am I being recorded? Is this one of those states where you can record phone calls without telling someone? Um, Pro tip, it's... Michigan is a two-party consent state. Well, good. Just Whew. so you know. Um, if, yeah, you end up with the Eloy and the Murlocs. And, uh, you know, mm. <laughs> so... But yeah, there's there's so much room though when you when you get playing around with it. Um, have you done a lot of homebrewing of your of their world? What oh, things yeah. jumped out at you as some fun things you've? Because um, here's the thing to to prep you for the question: mm. when you homebrew, you create surprises because mm. mm -hmm. you get that player that reads the whole book through, and when the party comes across a, a group of dwarves for the first time, he goes, "I know how dwarves work. I've read the book," and yeah. you go, "You can go, oh really? Now one of." One of my absolute favorite bits along those lines. It wasn't even me. It's not even my bit. Muddy, Muddy was running an adventure, and this dwarf showed up, and he had he had an animal, like a hog's head or something on it on his on his shield, and one of the players was like, "He's not really a dwarf. Dwarves never have you know animals on their shields. Get him, you know, kind of thing." <laughs> And, and Muddy was like, what the beep are you talking about? You know, this, this, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Of course, some, you know, dwarf will have a bear or a badger or, you know, a, a beholder on his shield. What? Um, but this player totally was like, no, this is the way it is. X on dwarves, you know. They only have tools, hammers, gold, you know, uh, that kind of thing. Um, so, so yes, that is one of my my favorite homebrew things where Muddy then was like, oh, that's the way it's going to be, huh? All right. Dwarves, <laughs> dwarves definitely use animals on their shields in my world. Mm -mm -mm. <laughs> nice. Um, uh, one of the things that uh, my... It, my long running homebrew world has uh, there's um, and it came from multiple campaigns that I ran. They there's these nine boxes, these nine chaos boxes, and each one is a three lock box it has three three keys to open this these boxes and they release or capture chaos. And so 
when the world gets too nice, these boxes call out to individuals to come and open the box, you know, and then it's a series of Pandora's boxes that people then try to hide or vault or, or, or whatnot. And so as the world, the, it was interesting because I was running an evil campaign and the evil players, their job was to open these boxes and bring chaos to the world and we'll be the most powerful evil people, blah, blah, blah. And such optimism. Yeah. So that was their, their shtick. And we ran, yeah, we were into the high, high teens levels uh, with that campaign. We ran it for years. Um, but yeah, and so the chaos boxes have, have always been part of my world. And they're always my, my cataclysm event is, you know, you open the boxes. But the boxes also go the other way, too. So if, they're, if the world is evil, it, they'll call out because they're chaos. They, they don't want everything to be one way so they'll call the heroes to open the box and then the box opens and it's you know opens a gateway to the Feywild and pixies and centaurs ride forth to you know help save the save the place so that's one of my big themes that i've had since, since the 90s that's that's been you know one of those one of those things in my homebrew world but it's a good MacGuffin. Mm-hmm. Like it's a really solid, like, well, what, what, what do we need? We need the thing. Mm-hmm. Why do we need it? Because it's needed. Like, <laughs> that's like a good, that is like a really solid, we need the thing. Right. Um, which is really hard to pull off sometimes. Cause sometimes you're like, <laughs> what's, what's the MacGuffin going to be? Right. Um, what's it going to, what are we going to do? Um, I surprised. And since I don't think anyone from the current game is on right now, uh, I, I surprised the party that just went through Valley of Plenty the first time I ran it because they were going after a magic wand that was stored inside the altar of the chapel in the town. It was an ancient relic of, I want to say it was Saint Anastasia was the name of the, was a saint that was tied to it. And yeah. so they got there and they, the, the, the pastoris said, fine, you can have the relic. I don't want to see you taking it. And they mm. broke open the, uh, the altar and this shriveled up petrified finger falls out <laughs> and they're like wait a minute what's this and i said roll your religion yeah shika shika kink that is probably the finger of saint mm-hmm. anastasia and they went oh gross i'm like well <laughs> that's how Ew. that works that's the holy relic it's a part ah. of her body because at least, at least according to legend, every Catholic church has a part of the body mm. of the patron saint for which the church is named in the altar. Here is the knuckle bone of St. Cuthbert. Um. Yes, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what mm-hmm. my mother taught me. She learned it at Catholic school. Now, yeah. is it true? <laughs> but you're welcome aboard. We're talking about homebrewing your games and the fun that goes yeah. with it. Um, our proud one was we kept trying to find ways to, to change it. So yeah. what we had, I, again, we, there were two awesome things that came out of our world. We made the halflings and the elves, mm. the elves couldn't walk on the ground without making constant, without having to concentrate because they lived mm. entirely in the trees. <laughs> and the reason they lived in the trees mm. 
was because that bit of dark forest that was the elven homeland uh, was overrun with dinosaurs. Nah. So it was like <laughs> nothing but predators mm -hmm. below 80 feet. Right. So right. it was one of those where it's like you just you just didn't go down. Right. Because, you know, you die. <laughs> and um, except they had tamed like raptors. Right. <laughs> so it was one of those. We had, we had elves who rode raptors. And oh. then we also had the, the, I don't know if I mentioned this before, we had Quaker halflings. Uh, yes, you had met, you have mentioned the Quaker halflings. Yes, the halflings that believe in everything is community property. If you if you decide to bake a pie, you bake three. Mm -hmm. So that when you set them on the windowsill to cool, two of them could disappear and it won't bother you. Right. And you try not to take, if there's just one, it's just kind of mean to take it. Unless someone says you can, but there's two. Mm -hmm. Obviously, they're to share. Right. And everything gets ratified at a weekly meeting <laughs> that everyone is expected to attend. And right. everything is resolved by community consensus. Mm. It, they were so much fun. Yeah, we had uh, what are some of the other homebrew things. Oh, we decided that there were that our planet was a planet, that our world was a planet in a bigger galaxy. And Good. there were aliens bad that that that, that <laughs> were so the the greatest magic city uh, on the planet is actually a, built around a crashed spaceship. Hmm. Okay, so the crashed spaceship is this hub of knowledge, this place of learning, this amazing you know temple from the gods, as far as a lot of people uh, are concerned. But it's a wizard school. And it's built on the ship. And when you get to the highest levels of the of the the wizard college, you meet the aliens, you know, and, the you know, they don't be like, hey, we're aliens. You know, <laughs> it's we're we're from another world. Oh, wow. You're from another world. How amazing. You know, you traveled to Phlogiston. Uh, no, it's atmosphere and vacuum of space and you know anyway um but then we we decided throughout again we've been running that home world for ever and a day um muddy decided to bring basically lizard men but kobold sized lizard men that were like yellow and the adventure was their spaceship crashed and this was again late 80s early 90s when we were playing this and good times. the good times at the table there were two players who were like spaceship eh, not in my dnd and they just hey i can't do my dwarf grump because my paw's a little busted but just i mean mm -mm, nope no nope no no spaceships in my dnd kind of thing and there were the other three of us players who were like oh, spaceship <laughs> let's you know let's do things and we had an absolute blast you know being like two halflings and an elven wizard <laughs> you know exploring this space this crash space uh, spaceship um including and i'll tell this scene um <laughs> including the uh uh, cause Muddy was running and it was great. He's like, 
the guy pushes a button and and a circular disc comes out of the floor and this you know basically a bench folds out so it becomes this table and this bench well later on when we were trying to get information out of one of the lizard people <laughs> my my half leg character tied him to the pole of the table and went over to the button <laughs> and the, and the, the little alien's like i'll tell you everything i'll tell you everything you know kind of thing so i again it was beautiful uh muddy i love you the uh it was it was great to to uh play that but to in to have these alien races come and be like how would that how would that change things in a medieval world where suddenly, you know, you have these aliens and then it, you know, became a John Carter on Mars, you know, situation. And, and so it can be, it harkens back to the seventies. Your fantasy can have spaceships and lightsabers and you know, you, you there's no rules. <laughs> there's no rules. Just go have fun with it. So, uh. yeah. Which One which makes the, the the Star Wars reference just reminds me of that wonderful eight bit video with the uh, thermal exhaust port engineer being let lambasted for the fact that that the Death Star could get blown up. Oh, where he's out for and space wizards. How am I supposed to engineer around <laughs> space wizards? You can't engineer around space wizards because they're space wizards. They defy the laws of engineering. Uh, Luke, use the force. He's turned off his targeting computer. Oh, we're fudged. <laughs> 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 but that's yeah and that's i mean again that's a lot of that fun that homebrew you can you can do things and nobody can cite oh but the book says and that's mm -hmm. i mean i love source books um a great deal i i like that i bought the van richten's guide it has a lot of good stuff mechanically and it mm -hmm. has a lot of good commentary which i really respect a lot more than if it had been 90 pages like back in back in the 90s you would buy a book, it was 300 pages of lore, maps, NPCs. And now, like, looking for, the, like, the Van Richten guide, it's like, okay, here's how to design horror on a village scale. Here are yeah. things to try and think about. You want to do grand horror. Okay, here are things to think about. Here are yeah. some samples over, like, 50 pages. Right which I think is so much richer and easier. <laughs> yeah. In, instead of being, uh, instead of being a hammer that, that, you know, they bludgeon you with this book, it's, it's a set of sculpting tools. It's clay. They give you clay and a wheel to spin and create these beautiful vases with rather than go, this is how you do it. <laughs> you know, Instead of a uh, instead of a Bible, they give you a crafts guide. <laughs> yes, and that's I mean, I, and on the one hand, I appreciate the Bible, but I'm glad to see that that those things are starting to fade. And things like um, looking at the the newer wave of things, the new even the new adventures, they start with okay, if you're in this world. Here's some yeah. ways you can make this fit what you're doing. If you're yeah. in this world, 
here's an easy place to put this so that you know you you, it becomes the the modules themselves are are relatively world agnostic yeah You, you can put them anywhere that that would be fun for whatever homebrew game you're running and it all kind of just works i mean even even dragon heist you know water deep dragon heist I've never, I mean, I've, I've only ever run the first chapter. Right. Cause that alone can take four sessions. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second chapter could take like six months as you saw. <laughs> um, but like, aside from the fact that some players recognize some of the names and go, Oh, the Harpers, they're serious. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you could theoretically run that in any large city right like nothing breaks yeah really. it is it is in lankmar it is in you know uh some something in uh conan uh you you could put the, the you know in, you, you in multiple could, worlds you and... could run it in metropolis yeah <laughs> i mean let's let's be legit the yawning right, portal right. becomes like literally some crazy portal that extends into a, a different dimension that would be superheroes queue up to go down right yeah it's the the tva uh portal yeah. has just stuck there <laughs> yeah we built a bar around it you know whatever and emily welcome to the family we're glad to have you as, as a follower of the stream uh we're in the middle of our podcast recordings but if you are hearing this as a podcast you want to hop over to twitch.tv slash emily falkreath it's spelled exactly like the Skyrim. Uh, mm. She's an amazing content creator from England, uh, I think. Um, if that she sounds like she is. And um, she does a lot of great stuff. She's a big Skyrim nerd. She was playing Skyrim VR. I raided her earlier today when I nice. finished up my, my, my mid-afternoon stream because summer's almost over. And it's neat to have her popping over here say hi. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're talking this stuff. But you could totally do it. Mm. And the storyline works. Yeah. It, it needs a little bit more massaging than a fantasy RPG would, but you can do it. And I've even done that. The old, I don't know, did you ever, you played some Shadowrun. Did you ever play Harlequin? Yeah. Harlequin was a collection of Shadowruns yeah. that were never intended to be run back to back to back. Yeah. Because together they told an overarching story. Uh-huh. But the intention was you were supposed to kind of forget about them as you went through them. <laughs> okay. So it was one of those where it's like at the end of a year of playing and you've done like a dozen shadow runs, you're like, wait a minute. Every time we got a job from a guy that was asking us to do the thing, that was part of this story arc. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and, and the, the, the shtick of it doesn't need fantasy. It's still the same. Okay. Where you have to, you're collecting artifacts for this bigger plan on behalf of this w- one person who wants to be anonymous. Well, that's, that'll work in any kind of a universe. Yeah. You can totally yeah. make that work. And it's a fun, it's fun to take those adventures and homebrew them, I guess, into whatever world you're in. They, you, it goes back to when we talk about being creative and inspiration for it. Yeah. The, um, and, you know, uh, so part of the reason that, we introduced the aliens to our home world was because the 
because we were playing a different campaign uh, about aliens and and stuff, and I had written uh, we had written a, uh, a, a board game, uh, mini, kind of a miniatures conquer space type game, and we wanted to do some more spaceshipy good stuff like that with role play and. Uh, Muddy was running uh, a game that they had called Beta Force, and then we took over and played a few sessions of it. And you know, it just and so we really wanted to have and BattleTech had come onto the scene, and so we just wanted to have more. You know, we were like in the mood, and so we introduced it, and there it was. Uh, it became part of. Um, part of our lore and our world the other thing i think too is going the you know that that's all big big world buildy homebrew stuff you can go way teeny tiny teeny tiny i love to make little minute magic items it's one of my favorite things to do when 5e came out i was really missing in in and I, I can't remember if I brought this up before, but in three and three, five skills and there were points, you could do everything. You could have a, a, a hat that was a plus two hat of, of, of uh, persuasion. Uh, you could have a great club that was the great club plus three intimidation. You know, it might have only been a plus one club in battle, but if you had the club and you were intimidating someone, you got plus three. Is that um, related at all to the same maker as the one that created the knee pads of persuasion? That, yeah, exactly. For, okay. <laughs> straight from, straight from, uh, uh, oh my God, what's that called? Munchkin. Munchkin, yeah. Munchkin. Yeah. Um, so, and, and I really missed that a lot. And so when five came out with bounded accuracy, it's really hard to make stuff like that. So I was really kind of missing the ability to do that, but they did a great bit in the DMG where there's these little detail charts for magic items. And so when I started running a campaign in my home world of D and D, every magic item i gave out i i rolled up on that that hmm. those charts and i gave them those little details and and through just those little details and stuff it it pings the little the the uh, uh not parcheesy what's it called where the little balls uh, fall through the things uh anyway uh you know, it ping pinballs up in your skull and hits little ideas. And so like I came up with, there's a box. It's a little, little tin box and it's got like sheep and stuff on it, but it's full of buttons and each button in there that gets put in the box eventually becomes a mending spell. You could take the button and use it like the mending cantrip. So oh, nice. you pull a button out of it, you put a chain link together, you touch a button to it, and it, you know, after a minute it grows back together. Um, you know, just those minute little homebrew things that 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 become so integrated and fun to your yeah, the plus nine <laughs> ogre slaying knife. <laughs> I remember that one. That was a thing. I'm by the tavern. 
I'm getting drunk. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty slick. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, uh, you know, uh, again, don't, don't, don't bind yourself to any, any, you know, rule book or whatever. That's what's fun about it. You know, there's times, there are times where, uh, people have gone, wait a minute, wait a minute. That's not how this works. And, and I have gone <laughs> and, and, and I have gone, oh, yeah, that's strange, isn't it? That it doesn't work that way. <laughs> I've, 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 for years now, I've wanted to, to write a story. And the story begins with, all was fine at the magic school until one day a magic missile missed. And that's how God. I want. That's how I want. That's how I want the the story to begin. And that's that's it. You know, it's it's just wow. That's, that's heavy. I, that's what I'm saying. That's the really little, heavy. Little the little things. That's that's homebrew. That's that's what what gives you that that craziness. Well, and the, and the biggest thing too is, and I I encourage this because I think it's so easy to get wrapped up in what the books tell you should be happening. Versus mm-hmm. what the players think will be fun to happen. Mm-hmm. Case in point, Hasteki reminded me of this when he popped in. Mm. Uh, Sunday, in the, the Curse of Strahd game, they came across a, a mace of terror. <laughs> as a, a random magic item lying around the castle. Because the good news is while everything can kill you, it's yeah. already killed a lot of people just as qualified <laughs> as you. And all their stuff is still there. <laughs> Right. So they they found this this mace of terror and Azteki was like, oh, this is kind of cool. I'd, I'd rather it be a flail because that's mm. like my style. But I guess I'll take a mace because I'm the only one who doesn't have a magic weapon right now. And I yeah. went, okay. <laughs> you you pick it up and you watch as the, the, the head falls on a length of chain. <laughs> it's a flail. You were wrong the first time. Um and I and I did that. Uh, <laughs> no, it's not needy. It's it's like well. And again, when I mild spoiler for those that are playing through a Curse of Strahd campaign, there's the weapon called the Sunblade or the Sun Sword, and it's 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 the fantasy lightsaber. And I, I again, this was written back in the early '80s, so you know Hickman and Hickman were like. <gasps> we could put in like a lightsaber kind of weapon. That would be really cool. <laughs> and now 30 years later, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> but then I well, they put a lightsaber in D and D. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. So I, I made it where it was just a shaft, hmm. like a handle. And yeah. whoever the owner was, it would morph into their weapon. Yeah. Which is how our ranger has a bow made of sunlight. Well, and that was the thing too that that from earlier editions that that was so that it's just kind of people sweep it under the rug. I, I you know, um, for instance, I'm going to tell the story in reverse order. So we're playing. Uh, what's the one with all the giants? It's one of the first ones that came out for your five E. Again, uh, no, not against the giants. Anyway, okay. uh, you, you you fight you fight giants. Well, one of the first giants we kill has like this golden breastplate on, 
and we slay him and he falls and my greedy pirate barbarian dwarf is like i'm gonna make a sled out of this piece of gold it's gonna be a giant golden sled that i will drive home and then i will melt and i will be rich 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 so he cuts the cuts the straps and gets the the breastplate off the golden breastplate off and when it comes away from the giant <laughs> the dm goes oh it swing shrinks down to your size damn it <laughs> he throws the golden thing on the on the floor <laughs> and and it, so in 5e they they were like oh look magical armor and stuff it takes and it takes the form of the new owner you know uh <laughs> well again you think back to the old days that was like there was a mechanic for it mm-hmm. what was the probability that that armor fit you so you'd go oh look i found new armor shika 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 boom eh, it doesn't fit yeah it's for halflings. God damn it. <laughs> well, and I remember when fourth came out. Mm-hmm. Was fourth or was it third that you wrote wish lists? Ooh, it must have been fourth. I think the fourth fourth yeah. had the DM's guide that where it recommended yeah. players create wish lists mm-hmm. of things they wanted for their character. And the idea was the DM would then, you know, collect all the index cards at the end of session zero and kind of yeah. file them away and go, okay, I've got these treasure. I remember I think fourth had treasure parcels mm. that you were supposed to give out periodically. So at the end of every encounter there was a treasure parcel, and between over the course of a level, you would give out like five treasure parcels and and it like told you that should have this many weapons this much magic items this much money uh, yeah that was fourth all of these things and you were supposed to then seed the wish list items into those treasure parcels so that you know your 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 paladin of raven kind go oh check it out i got a cool plus one flail (laughs) just what i wanted sweet (laughs) um (laughs) And the internet lost its mind. Dave, welcome yeah. aboard. We appreciate you here, and thank you so much for your ongoing support for the stream. Woo. You are a kind, generous, and wise individual. Um, if your students are not giving you a five out of five on RateMyTeachers.com, that makes sense. Nobody uses it anymore. But if they did, <laughs> if they still did use that website, they better be. Um, oh. Give me a, a kabong. We have a bong. No, oh, that didn't come through. Do it again. Oh, oh, it didn't come through. No, the first one sounded better, but we're going to keep it. All right, okay. We're going right. to keep it. Woo! So, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's just, I mean, it's interesting to watching that reaction because I think fourth edition really did start to say, hey, Let's get all the players and the the DM on the same page to say we're looking to have some kind of positive outcome and we want everyone to have a good time as part of the game. Let's do it. Yeah, because three, three, I think three and three, five, they learned their lesson. You know, they they tried to fix the 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 complaints from one and two where it was. You know, uh, the, that adversarial DMing that we, we talk about so often, you know, it's it, where they would butt heads and it was, I'm going to get you and your little dog too, DMing. And, and, and it finally, in three, they tried to fix it by having a rule for everything. 
everything. You know, everything had a rule. Eight pages to do grappling is the big example. You know, 90 pages of, of the player's handbook were uh, combat rules. There was a rule for everything. And, they, and no they, digitization. Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's, let's not undersell that enough. Yeah. And then so now as the additions have gone on, they're trying to get away from the the it's not a, it's not a board game. We're not playing chess. It's not DM versus players here. It's we are playing a game together where it's community storytelling. You know, I, I come up with situations I should be a fan of you, the players. You players are a fan of me writing a story for us. Which is some of the most fun when you put these worlds together and your players take ownership of them and start to say, okay, I want to be part of that storytelling. And it's fun because like uh, Tiffany, who's in my Candlekeep game, will say things like, well, what do you think? Do you think maybe like show's family might have you know some of her siblings adopted siblings might live in such and such a place and i'm like you don't need to ask me just do it just say it happened you know this i don't know where i don't know where candlekeep is it's a castle library on 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 a continent somewhere and and there's you know somewhere near it is a little village called branch because Mm -hmm. it's where the river branches so it's nestled at the branch in the river and it has a little library that you grew up at. Um, combat system was easier, gave him more storytelling using percentages instead of hard numbers. Yeah, if that works for him to, to, to process, that totally makes sense. I actually find myself, um, when I'm playing like Salasta and talking through everything, I just turn every plus one into a 5% for conversation's sake. Mm. So it's like, oh, I can slap that on there. Let's take my AC up by two. So that's an extra 10% defense. Because that's uh, D20, every number represents a 5% probability. Yeah. Um, that's the nice thing about divided by 20. Is, um, oh, I missed, uh, no, I did not. Um, I need to start checking my email for work. Because apparently ah. things are getting hot. Well, I report next Monday. So it's, oh. I'm a little overdue to get back in the loop about what's going on, <laughs> when and where. Um, so I'm going to have to call my my, uh, my department chair here after the stream. Mm. Um but that's a really interesting world uh, to have, have gotten there. And the idea of people have arrived from the real world, I've heard that a couple of times. That can make for some really fun games. Yeah. Um, there was one in college that a friend of mine was in um, with the uh, everyone like described their morning in an email. Yeah. Like, what happened to you between these hours today? And then the DM at their first session showed up with their character sheets and said, okay, here's your character. You're standing in the middle of a town square. And according to you, you're in your socks, nightgown, Mm -hmm. and you're holding a frying pan. And like someone else showed up with like all of their textbooks because they had an 8 a.m. class. Right. Another one had had their bike because they were traveling between classes. Yeah. Um, and then that's where the game started was they had to figure out what their class was. They had to figure out what they were going to, you know, <laughs> what the adventure was, but they were starting from right. nothing. Yeah. Uh, which is a lot of fun. Um, we did not get any emails this week, but we did get an interesting hot take off Twitter right. for our email segment today. If we're ready to segue into that. All right. 
Okay. So. Okay, I have to come back to that later. Uh, okay, that's a different conversation. Okay, so the, 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 the tweet was, Players hate running away. Dungeon Masters, if you create an encounter that relies on the party fleeing an enemy whose power vastly outranks them, be prepared for them to stand their ground. And uh, his follow-up to this is, um, it just never works out. People get upset, they get sad, they, they you end up with a total party wipe. They always feel incredibly you know, cheated. So I guess the question is, can you create an encounter where the PCs are supposed to run, like go, okay, we can't do this. How do you do it? If, if the story really kind of requires that we're not ready to defeat this evil, we must quest for MacGuffins. Yeah. How do you, can you do it in a way that the players know it's time to cash in the better part of Valor? Uh, so taking, uh, uh, according to our, what, couple chats ago and a uh, Wizardly Wondering Wednesdays that I did on Twitter, people like skill challenges. They, they really, that was the winner of my poll, my wonder, Wondering Wednesday was skill challenges is something they should have brought from fourth. And almost everybody I know now who's running fifth edition does skill challenges. And for those of us not familiar, skill challenge means... Oh, oh it means that there is a set, uh, set DC and a set number of successes or failures to succeed this skill challenge. So um, uh, that is a good way uh, to, to explain to players, you know, okay, guys, you cannot defeat the ancient red dragon your second level. We're going to do a skill challenge to escape the the cavern of the of the red dragon okay let's do our skill challenge who's up first or roll initiative okay what skill do you use um and that's a good way to you know set them up so that they know this is not a this is a kobayashi maru you cannot win this this is a, a, a scenario where you have to escape or you have to you know do something and you know you can define at the beginning if you succeed the dragon you escape the dragon if you fail the dragon uh, you know thinks you're dead and flies off to eat some other village you know, and you will come back when you're eight levels higher and get your revenge, you know, <laughs> kind of thing. Um, that, that That's a good way, I think, to set that up. Uh, the other thing, like I said, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll pick a character who either has a really high intelligence or a really high wisdom. And I'll say, roll either a save or a thing, or I'll just hand them a note. <laughs> you you've done the you know to the wizard you've done the math you cannot win this fight yes and i give them the note or i send them the whisper or whatever and then it's up to them to role play and go guys we can't 
there's no do you know what that thing can it's a beholder <laughs> it can disintegrate we, well, we, we've we, only been adventuring for three months oh yeah we, we need to get the hell out of here i, I only know second tier spells uh-huh um, exactly Van guilty is suggesting an escape hatch situation Ooh. either role play it or hint at it use the traps in the dungeon against the monsters or still an escape hatch right. you, have to, you just have to figure out how to get out of this but i think yeah. and both of those conceits both yours and van guilty's both rely on clear communication with the players yeah if you do this this will happen yeah and and a little bit of a hey guys i gotta level with you for the story to work you can't win this fight right it's it's not gonna happen your goal, your your win condition is blank. Yeah. Rescue X villagers before you flee. Yeah. Rescue, you know, get from point A to point B before the whole party goes down. Yeah. You know, get get the jewel to the edge of the volcano. Some of you might die on the way, <laughs> but standing to fight against the orc horde coming up the side of the volcano, I can tell you won't work yeah this there's you i'm just telling you as a dm you're not gonna be able to hold the line here and and just fight them off until they're all dead and then go dunk the gem no that's not what i'm going for here yeah um now sometimes you have and sometimes you have to beat people because they don't take hints <laughs> they can they can pull a kaylee on you because mm -hmm. sunday my my mm -hmm. teen Mm -hmm. uh, was having a birthday get together with his friend from dance. The two of them, he missed her party and they said, they said, let's get menchies. And so the nine-year-old and the teen and the friend all sat down to eat their menchies together. And I said, okay, Kaylee, why don't you, why don't you come sit with us adults and tell us what was fun about dance today? And the nine-year-old looks at me and looks at the two teens and looks at me and goes, no, I'm going to stay right here. <laughs> and I, 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 I said, okay, okay. Um, uh no come, come and then I, I looked at the teens and i went well you know maybe we really want to hear what you thought about dance and these two really want to talk about what they had fun with at dance on their own and i'm like okay this is your window you can kick her out now and they didn't take it which maybe they missed that it was the window or they legit just didn't care the nine-year-old was hanging out with them right, some of right. you might die it sounds very nature show only thirty, <clears throat> only thirty percent survive their first year of life. Well, I did that too with the um, uh, in the Candlekeep game. I killed mm. off half the party. Yeah, and I did it in a okay. You have a choice: you either run or you stay and die. You need to pick. Right. What do you want to do? Yeah. And half the party, two of the four, went. I'm going to stay and fight. I don't, I don't care if I die. Yeah. And the other two were like, I'm getting out of Dodge because I don't want to die. I, I'm yeah. not ready. Well, one of them was, I'm not convinced this is a fight to die in. And the other was, I can't, I, I can't leave you. Mm. And the one that went back was like, I'm convinced this is a fight we have to fight. And the one that went with her went, where she goes, I go. I'm not going to let her fight to the death alone. Yeah, it was a real like. There's apartments like I still get goosebumps thinking about that scene. Yeah, dude, I, that's all like teary eye, man. You're like, oh, oh no, you, you ready for the teary eye? Huh. As 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 we're describing the final death, Jensen's father, who's fighting at their side, turns and goes, "I want you to know, I'm proud you came back." Oh. And then he gets cut down. Oh. 
X's on his eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh. oh it was oh. good. It was good. The other keeper, this is also how I knew I had arrived with that campaign. And then we'll get back to teaching players mm-hmm. to run away, is when I set them up to go on a quest to get rid of Jansen's demons. And uh, Jess playing as Mir goes, wait a minute. Are we really going to go into a hell dimension to save them from their demons, remembering that their demons have gotten all of us mm. into a lot of trouble. Yeah. Like, are we really, really risking our lives and going into a hell dimension for her? Mm. And the fact that that even happened is a conversation. I'm like, yes, mm. <laughs> yes. You're doubting if you all have to go along with the plot. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that's yeah. the thing is I think, Things like unwinnable fights, I don't know. Is there any way you can hint at it without, I mean, because the points raised on Twitter, I think, are valid. Players expect to win fights. Yeah. Lenarius has the philosophy for every time, whenever she's streaming, she'll always get to a fight and say, if I can get to it, I can beat it. I should oh, never wow. have to go back to a save game yeah. and say, okay, um, I guess we have to go back to the, the game I saved this morning and grind a while. She's like, yeah. if I'm here... I should be able to get through it. Yeah. Um, Ooh, I don't know. Should we hint at it? That's a great question from chat. Yeah. I, uh, thanks ear. I think that I, I, so I used to, <laughs> one of my players who was very, uh, on the, uh, on the, on the spot, he would be like, wait, did you hear the way he said that? Are you <laughs> sure you want to do this? Um, or, or be clear because your imagination is not the the player's imagination. And so, you know, you may say, uh, you know, oh, it's, you know, it's, it's a 12 foot jump, blah, 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 and describe the thing. And they might be seeing something completely different, you know, in their, in their mind's eye. And so, you know, you might, say then if they go oh i'll just jump it and you're like okay i i'm going to lay out the expectations this is going to be very hard it's a 12 foot jump but the disc is covered in slime and the pit is full of green slime which will dissolve all your bones in you know flesh and bones in like seconds also in a three second google search yeah the world record for the long jump is 8.95. (laughs) Now, I think, I think that's in meters, though. Oh, I was going to say, because that, that, that's not what D&D tells me. (laughs) Ah, meters, 29 feet. All right. So that's an Olympic athlete. Mm -hmm. Yep. At the furthest. Yeah. Yeah. It's 30 feet. I like what Van Gilty says is, you know, rather than saying you can't win this is, is vastly overpowered. And, um, yeah, you, you could heavily hint, or like I said, if they're not getting it and they're like, well, then sing, you know, I'll drink this potion and you go, okay, this is going to be your last stand. <laughs> it's, you know, sometimes, sometimes you just, you just got to get out the bam hammer and tonk, you know, right in the forehead. Like, okay, no, you're, I, you know, I know in a video game design, there has to be a way to win. 
but this is a story. You know, (laughs) there doesn't have to be a way to win. It occurs to me if you're writing a game where you're going to have these scenarios, like you, because let's be honest, there there are two ways you run D and D. You run D and D in the form of let's just get together and wander the sandbox, Mm -hmm. or you run D and D. Um, and it's a, like, you have the, like the outline in your head. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking if in your outline in your head that you've got, you know, the whole story arc planned, you see this runaway moment, then from the first combat encounter, the first time you say roll for initiative, you also say your win condition is, mm-hmm. and for the first 20 encounters, the win condition is kill all of the enemies. You win this encounter when you have killed or subdued all the enemy monsters. You you win this this encounter when you f- you kill half of them because half will run away. Yeah. Or you know so that way now I wouldn't normally do this in a game, but mm-hmm. if I know I'm going to have a runaway moment that's important they run away, now it becomes it's normal. It's part yeah. of my routine for running combat. Roll for initiative. Wait till I call on you to call out your number. Please, players, wait until the DM asks before you shout your number. <laughs> Otherwise, you're going to shout it three times. And the first one is the only you know, Nobody cares otherwise. Anyway, um, then I want to say, roll for initiative. Tell me what it is. Your win condition is escape. And now they're all like, oh, wait a minute. Mm. It's, it's not kill everybody. No, it's not kill half of them. It's escape. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I tend to agree. If you don't... It works so well on that. Okay, so if you're thinking about what happened with Mir, with um, uh, Shona and Jansen, Lenarius and Tiffany's characters, there were two things at work there. Um, they trusted me explicitly not to have the game end on a bad note. And we had talked off stream where I had said, tonight's going to be heavy, I need you to trust me. It will not end on a bad note. And they both, everyone looked back at me on Zoom and went, okay. Um, and, and it was one word, like there were no dice. When they went uh, down, it was all narrated. Right. Because they were going to go down. That, that was yeah. it. And I also tend to think for like big cinematic like this is happening there's nothing you can do you know if i know there's nothing the players can do about it i'm not going to make them roll dice because that creates the illusion of opportunity and i think that's worse than not giving it yeah Um, i'm a much bigger fan of like look i don't you know it's a cut it's boxed text Mm. you know you you come choose your own adventure (laughs) yeah you, you come out of the woods and are immediately seized by the orcs and dragged into their village well i wanted to fight no Nope, the box text said you were seized. See, it says right here in the rule in the book. See, it's in bo- it's boxed text. I had to read it. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I just, and and let's be honest, those old adventures had lots of you get captured, you get screamed at, you get chased out of town in the box text you read. And they, the adventure required it to happen or it couldn't go on. You wake up in the prison cell, chained to the wall. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> how the adventure begins. Yeah, um, but that's the kind of thing too, where it's it's all about your players and getting to know them and knowing their expectations, and communicating with them because it's so 
especially when you play with strangers, like a pickup mm-hmm. game off of, say, Demoplane. Yep. You don't know who you're playing with. You don't know what baggage they're bringing to the game. Um, you don't know what they're, you don't always know their expectations. So uh, here's a good one. Uh, uh, Dr. Gear uh, and I were playing um, Harnmaster, and he was a witch hunter type character. And this this winter spirit witch came and he sliced it with his sword and his sword went straight through it. And he was like, well, this is this is this is BS, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, OK, it's a cold water winter witch spirit. In your other hand, you're holding a torch. I swipe it with my sword. Your sword goes straight through it. And and he. <laughs> He got so frustrated, he didn't want to play anymore. He was like, this is ridiculous. I'm a witch hunter. I can't do anything. And I'm like, no, you're just so used to playing, you know, D&D or whatever that, you you know, this is the situation. You you know, it's not, it's a different game. It's, you have to, you have to think outside the box on this. Um, There was a time where my party they came across a werewolf at first level and they were like, you know, Oh, Oh no, none of our weapons hurt it. And I'm like, no, what do you do? And they were like, protect the wizard at all costs. Let the, let the werewolf maul our bodies while the wizard just, you know, keeps can dripping it until they finally beat it down. And I'm like, that was indeed one way to do that. You you could have all run to the cabin and then, oh, look, silver cutlery in the drawer or, you know, whatever. Um, so, yes, sometimes it doesn't work out. Uh, you just have to, like I said, take the, the bam hammer, thump them in the head and, and say, guys, this is it's part of the story. You know, it'll work. Work with work with me. Here. It'll work. Trust, trust. Well, and again, to, to to bring this full when back to where we started when I killed the character Sunday night at right in Ravenloft, there mm-hmm. were no but but I get but but I need it was okay. Rob's got this. Mm. He's he's the, we're gonna get the, the 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 game is going to still be fun. I mm-hmm. trust him, and that's curated over time. Yes, that that comes from that that comes from either ha- playing with someone that has a good rep, or having developed a good rapport what speaking of rapport what have you got coming up i don't that's a terrible segue but what's coming up this week in the in the tavern uh so look forward to thursday we'll be over at indoor adventure running our monster noir uh game Uh, i think it's episode five or six out of ten uh our uh our amazing uh unaware wolf uh dot is uh going to find her dad and stuff so it should be it should be cool we're uh we're in the middle of uh battling the yeah i can't say yet they, there's a lot of undead there's a lot of undead that's uh, that's what i'm gonna say right now um but that's 8 30 eastern standard time on uh indoor adventures channel and then i'll be back on sunday morning for some more wilder myth um and it's the BBEG for the first story. So if you've never seen the game, it's a big epic battle to jump right in and, and with 
to, to view. So stop by 10 Eastern or 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 ish. Um, and uh, <laughs> oh, I, I, I hear that. I hear that sometimes the the official time, <laughs> t- time and place can vary greatly person to person, mm-hmm. as it were. Um, I've got uh, Valley of Plenty is running tomorrow night, as far as I know. Um, so we're back at it. Uh, they get to find out what happens when you eat enchanted bread that continually replenishes itself on the shelf. Um, nice. which I'm so geeked because I, I, I'm just, I'm geeked for what I've added to that game. And then Friday is my, as close as I'm going to get to celebrate it in a way I want to celebrate it. My one year anniversary of making Twitch affiliate, Woo. which I'm also coupling with the a end of summer blowout. Which right. I'm coupling with massive giveaways oh, and subathon, well. so I even have a little little table of uh, like you know if we every so many subs, every so many followers, every so many cheers, we run a giveaway. I've got the lock-in tools or the lock tools giveaway ready to run, um, nice. and it all goes with the fact that at noon on Friday, the Kickstarter for the Convergence live stream game will go live, yeah, and so sweet. it's an opportunity to get in there. Um, I'm working with. I, the, I tweeted out today, I mentioned at the top of the stream, that I've got a commissioned artist that yeah. is, is currently slated to do the commission work. Um, mm-hmm. And we've got some overlays we're looking at. We're looking at a theme song. Um, it's an opportunity to kind of thank the players for the time yeah. that they invest. My Candlekeep game, for example, uh, at least one of them shows up in cosplay every time we get together. So, I mean, it's, it's, I'd like to, a chance to, to thank them and share some of the, 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 the joys of this. So I'm really hoping for a good run of that because I know Patreon's the one everyone uses, and I just I like my budgets at the start of the project. <laughs> you know, I like I like to spend out of an account rather than just hope the account grows. Right. Um, so anything that would be like a Patreon reward is going to get tied to the Kickstarter, and I'm going to see how that goes. You know, maybe I can get a few more people on board when I say, "Hey, I'll do a, a weekly DM journal." If we hit this stretch goal, so it's not yeah. just uh, oh I pay because I want to read. It's like I, we hit the goal. I got the thing. Right. Um, if it gets high enough, I may even put the I will write up an official, like here's the PDF. You can run it yourself. Nice. Document. The only catch is it will not have maps. Mm. I don't do maps. That that's not a thing. I don't do maps. <laughs> I have no intent. I want to write up Valley of Plenty as a campaign yeah. just to put up like in a merch store. And I'm like it won't have maps though. I, I don't do maps. You'll have to figure out where everything is. <laughs> that, that'll be the extreme, the extreme stretch goal. Hire someone to make maps. Um, <laughs> nope. 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 I will Just... die on the hill of you do not get maps. All right. Because All I firmly, right. <laughs> okay. I firmly believe the games are better when they're not provided. Exception Ravenloft. Because mm. that castle is freaking well designed it, it's amazing and i think that's really why i won't is. do maps i can't design a castle that good <laughs> yes i realize this is like saying i will never play uh-huh. like eric clapton so i'm not going to pick up a guitar right right <laughs> however <laughs> I'll, I'll never be matt mercer so i'm not gonna dm anymore <laughs> are you kidding i got that guy beat hands down nine ways from sunday yeah. There it is. Talking about right. never, never right. Mercer. <laughs> yeah. Remember, send all of your angry emails to at Raybeard Tavern <laughs> on Twitter. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. 
<laughs> or at Lantern Noir. I'll take them. It'll be fun. Um, you can also send your emails with feedback to at, um, oldtimertavern at gmail.com. When you're out roving the internet, also stop by sweetsteam.com, sponsors of the podcast and stream. Uh, they make uh, artisan chocolates in a steampunk theme. Sweet Steam. And uh, and the one, I think I may have held this up before in a week, but for example, I have in front of me a Butterbeard, the Fizzy Wizard, mm. effervescent butterscotch. I so, love me some butterscotch. I know. It's, they've, got, they've got the best stuff. So check them out. Thank you for downloading. Please consider leaving us a review wherever you downloaded us from, because we would love for more people on that platform to find us. So if it's Overcast, if it's Apple Podcasts, if it's Spotify, wherever it was, just let us know where you found us so we can keep making great content for you and for all the other D&D fans, young, old, and refusing to answer. <laughs> Parting thought for the podcast, people, my friend? Uh, yeah, the, the sky's the limit. It's your world. Do what you want to do. Amen to that. Thank you. And uh, wherever you are, try to stay safe. Happy Hour at the Old Timer Tavern is a proud part of the Inverse Genius Network of Content. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. They give valuable feedback for the hosts and help others find this amazing content.